to launch our new series entitled Ghosted. And I know some people are saying ghosted, ghosted. Uh, so we'll work through that so you can understand where we're coming from with this series. So this morning, I, I want to use for a subject, gone fishing, gone fishing, gone fishing. Webster defines ghosted as the act or practice of abruptly cutting off all contact with someone, such as a former <laughs> romantic partner, usually without explanation, by no longer accepting or responding to phone calls, instant messages, etc. So how many in here have ever been ghosted before? Ever been ghosted? I got a few hands. All right. All right. How many has ever ghosted anybody? Okay. All right. Seems like I got more hands. <laughs> but the truth is that whether you're ghosted or you've been ghosted, it usually happens because of something that somebody has done. Something maybe somebody has said. Or just because of who you are or because of who the other person was. And it almost does not matter what the reason is for being ghosted. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be ghosted. And it doesn't feel good to ghost other people. Because maybe you've built a relationship. Maybe you have invested time and energy into that relationship with that individual and to Cut them off sometimes causes a little pain. Causes a little pain, yeah. And then there are times in our life where we have to understand that when it comes to being ghosted or ghosting, that it affects people's lives. One way or another, they are impacted. They are impacted or you are impacted. And I know sometimes we think maybe that we are not doing these particular things, but truth of the matter is that all of us probably in here have been guilty at some point of time in our life of ghosting individuals. Whether it's ghosting people on the job, whether it's ghosting family members, whether it's ghosting just people that you come in contact with just because of something that is going on. So I want to give you kind of starting with a ghosting test, a ghosting test. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Outside of blessing your meal, when did you last spend time thanking God for your salvation? When's the last time that you not, 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 not gave him thanks for the car, not given him thanks for the house or the clothes or the job, but just your salvation, the fact that he himself has made available to you a life that you could not give yourself? Second question is, who have you talked to about the goodness of God with who is not a Christian, that person that does not know Christ? When was the last time you shared his goodness? Yeah, not just necessarily talking to a believer and sharing the things that God has said. Maybe sometimes it's easy to talk to another believer, but to talk to somebody, whether it be on your job, in your community, whether uh, it be somebody in the grocery store, when was the last time you paused and began to tell of the goodness of God? Yeah. When did you last hang out with a friend you disagree with politically, culturally, theologically, or spiritually. See, because it's easy to connect with people that you feel comfortable with. 
But what about those that push you? What about those that don't necessarily agree with what you agree with? Yeah. How are we sharing what God has done? So based on your answer, are you ghosting people in your life who need to see and meet a witness of the goodness of God? Because how many know that there are still people out there that need to know about the goodness of God. Yeah, they, they, they need to know that he's a healer. They, they need to know that in spite of what they are experiencing in life, that they don't have to go through this thing by themselves. But there is a God that loves them in spite of who they are, what they do, uh, that he wants to have a relationship with them. Yeah, the truth is the gospel alive at work in us, should not make us ghosts to the world around us. Yeah, we, we've gotten saved now. We know the Lord. We sing his songs. We pray to him. But are we so focused on that relationship with him that others don't matter? So this is why for the next several weeks as we approach Easter, we are challenging you to share your story. Increasing others in curiosity for the gospel in your life and invite people into your life who need the gospel. Yeah, because people need to hear that. They need to hear about the one that died on Calvary. They need to hear about the one that rose on the third day. They, they need to hear about this Savior, the one that loved them so much so that he laid down his life, that he did what nobody else could do in order to bring them to a place. Yeah, he said, behold, I, I wish above all things that thou prosper and be in health even as thou so prosper. He desires that we prosper in every area of our lives. Yeah. So let's start looking at this this morning. Let's look at the gospel of Matthew. Let's look at these brothers here. Matthew 4 and 18 through 22 tells us as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Yeah, he tells them, come and follow me. And he says, and I will send you out to fish for people. Yeah, Jesus says, I, I, I see your ability to, to catch natural fish. Yeah, I, I see your skill, but I, I, I'm going to bring you into another level, yeah, of catching. <laughs> uh, yeah, and can I suggest to you this morning that that's what God wants to do. He wants to bring us into a new level. Uh, this is 2023, a year of transition. He's trying to transition us into a new level into a new purpose that we fall in line with his will for our lives yeah and the bible says that at once they left their nets and followed him and says going on from there he saw two other brothers he saw james son of zebedee and his brother john and they were in a boat with their father zebedee preparing their nets and Jesus calls them and immediately the Bible says they left the boat and their father and followed him yeah now I know we might have some avid fishermen in here people that enjoy fishing people that understand that you know there's a joy in casting a lure yeah, but when we typically, the average person, when we, when we hear about fishing, we think of a natural pole with bait on it. We think of this flimsy pole. And even when it comes to uh, evangelizing and uh, discipleship and sharing our faith, we often think of a clumsy conversation with a different kind of hook 
and bait. Yeah. But that's not the kind of fishing these brothers were doing. The text tells us, yeah, that these brothers were fishing. Yeah. In fact, there's a lot about this particular text that many Christians might miss. Because first we see here Peter, Andrew, James, and John. See, they were not just some guys fishing. Yeah, these were what we would call profitable small business owners. Yeah, they were fishing for a living. They, they had crafted this skill, and this skill was making them money. No doubt they were well-known fishermen. And no doubt that they, as they were well-known, they, they, their income was increasing. So understand, these brothers had something to lose in following Jesus. Yeah. They gave up something. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, what have you given up to follow Jesus? Yeah, what have you forsaken to follow the master, the creator, the one that loves you? What, what have you given up? Jesus tells these brothers to come follow me. Yeah, and the Greek meaning of come follow me suggests that Jesus is challenging and, and, and calling these brothers to, to leave something physical and follow him. In other words, he's saying, I want you to be doers and not hearers only. Yeah. Because a lot of people hear. Uh, 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 a lot of people hear, but the question is, are they doing anything? <laughs> yeah, because James tells us in James 1 and 22, he says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Yeah. He said, don't only be hearers of God's word. Don't, don't only hear it and absorb it, but there ought to be a point in your life where the word becomes action. Because if it doesn't understand, you're deceiving yourselves. Yeah. So how about you? Are, are you hearers only? Yeah. What are you doing to demonstrate that you are a follower of Jesus. Do people know <laughs> that you're a follower of Jesus? Yeah. Are, are, are we hidden Christians? Yeah. Do, do we hide our Christianity? Uh, do people catch us praying and we stop? Yeah. Because I want to suggest to you that God yeah, does not want us to ghost him. It's one thing to ghost people, but can I suggest that it's another one to ghost God? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And see, though God is not calling you to physically leave anything like what Peter, Andrew, James, and John had to leave, he is absolutely calling every believer of his to follow him in a real sense to leave culture priorities and, 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 and ways and life behind and trade in your fishing pole of faith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a network lifestyle, a net work lifestyle. Because there's a difference between a pole and a net. Yeah, I was going to have a net up here and cast it uh, uh, to really give you an illustration of this. Uh, but there's a difference between a pole and a net. See, because this lure can only catch one fish, uh, but a net can catch many. 
And that's what God is trying to transition us to. He's trying to help us understand that God has called us to be net catch casters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because truth of the matter is, is that time is winding up and uh, we have a great influence on people in our lives. And because we have a great influence on people in our lives, we can impact them, not one, but them in such a way that they draw closer to Jesus. Yeah, I, that, that was a, a deacon in our old church. Many, some, some of you know Deacon Hyde. I would often uh, go fishing with him. Uh, he stayed in Pilot, a uh, country town, and uh, he knew where the ponds were around there. He was uh, a, a, a farmer, and he had connections. You could go on other farmers' land, and and you know you could you could uh, fish in those big ponds. And I I would often go there Memorial Day and uh, you know Labor Day sometime. I I, I I would find him, and a couple of times I went. You know, I didn't catch anything. Yeah, I didn't catch anything. He, somebody say, well, you know, you're going fishing and you didn't catch anything? Yeah. Well, if you ever went fishing, there are going to be times where you catch nothing. Yeah. But, but one thing I, I, I loved about him that, uh, you know, he, he would allow me to go with him. And even though I didn't catch anything, it was just something about the calmness of the water. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm a water person. I, I, water calms me. Water brings me some uh, sequility. It, 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 just, it just helps me in, in, in the process of dealing with things. So sometimes if I didn't catch anything just to go, yeah, it was an enjoyment. Yeah, but one thing I liked about him is that if I didn't catch anything, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't leave empty. See, even though I didn't catch anything, I, I didn't say he didn't catch anything. Yeah, see, see he, he, he knew more than I knew. Yeah, his equipment was better than my equipment. Yeah, he, he, he knew how to wait, and he knew just the right time to, 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 to pull that fish in where uh, I might have been in too much of a hurry because I was excited that I got a bite, but he understood just when the time to pull up. Yeah, he was experienced. Yeah, that's something about an experienced fisherman. Something about somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, God, God had given him a, 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 a gift to be able to catch fish. Yeah, I, I like what Luke tells us. Look, Luke, Luke tells us in Acts 1 and 38, and this is what I love about Jesus. See, because he never tells you to do anything without already equipping you. Yeah, if he's told you to do something, if he's given you a command, understand the God that uh, issues a command and gives us uh, things that we are to do, understand uh, the reason that he does that because he already prepares us for what he's asked for. Yeah. I mean, Luke tells us, he says, after his suffering he presented himself to them and gave him uh, convincing, gave many convincing proof that he was alive. And he appeared unto them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. He says, for John baptized with water, but... In a few days, you shall, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, it's amazing that he tells them that they're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they shift to asking him a question. I mean, if you really know the power of the Holy Spirit, I, I, I don't need to ask anything else. But they wanted to know that they, they wanted to know. It says, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the dates the Father will set by his own authority. He says, it's up to the Father. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
and you will be my, here it is, witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus makes it simple for his disciples and for those of us today that we, yeah, we don't have to use any cheap uh, sale tricks and any uh, 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 crazy uh, uh, schemes in order to, to trick people. He says, I've given you what you need in order to be my witness. He says, I've given you power. Ah, yeah, I've given you the paracletes. I've given you what you need is already in you in order to be a witness. And what I love about this is that you don't have to have a theological degree. Uh, That you don't have to have the title of a pastor. That that matter of fact, you don't even have to be perfect in order to be his witness. Uh, I'm so glad about that this morning because I would not be standing up here if if it was up to perfection. Because the truth of the matter is, I'm jacked up and guess what? I'm not alone. Uh, Y'all ain't going to help me. Uh, Yeah, none. The Bible said that there's none perfect but one. Yeah, yeah, not perfect, but one. But what I love about him is that he's given me something on the inside. That where I don't have to depend on myself, but if I depend on the Holy Spirit, it will do the work in and through my life in order to be a witness for God. So let me give you, uh, yeah, in the last few minutes, let me give you three things that you must do as a follower of Jesus. And see, what what we got to understand is that uh, Christianity is not just all you can get from God. Because that's what many people think. They come up with their whole list of what they want from God, uh, and we pray about what we want from God. But the question is, what are we giving back to him? Yeah, how are we being used by him? What is he, uh, what are we doing and what are we rendering unto him uh, for the great things that he has done for us? So here's three things that we must do as a follower of Jesus. The first thing that we must do is be a witness of God's power at work in you. Yeah, I love David, David. The psalmist David, David declared in Psalm 51, 10 and 12, he says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. He says, do not cast me from your presence to take your Holy Spirit from me. But he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So here is David, this, David, yeah, the same David that killed Goliath. The same David that uh, put a man on the front line and had him killed. The same David that slept with that man's wife. Yeah, here's this same David. He is uh, making a confession and writing a, a psalm of prayer after he has been confronted by the prophet Nathan. Yeah, he's been confronted. And he realizes that he's done wrong to God. Now, maybe you've not done anything like David did. But yet you may be ashamed or guilty of something. And because of that, maybe, yeah, you feel like God has ghosted you. Yeah. Or maybe that's the reason that you've ghosted your family. Because of the shame and because of the things you've done in your past. Uh, Maybe that's why you uh, have ghosted your your neighbor or your co-worker. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the reasons that you don't share the gospel. And tell people what you've gone through in your life. Well... I've got some good news because whatever you have experienced or are experiencing, understand God wants to use it and you to be a witness of hope to somebody else. 
Yeah, that, that, that whatever you are experiencing and whatever pain you have encountered in life, God never allows you to go through it without a purpose and a plan for whatever it is. Uh, yeah, see, that's why we ought to shout when we're going through. That's why we ought to praise God when we're going through because understand, all of it is going to work for his good. All of it, understand, he's going to use not only to elevate us, but to help somebody else that we're going to encounter in life. Yeah, see, because there's somebody waiting on what you've been through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go through as an example unto others. Job was an example unto us. Yeah, that, that, that the enemy is going to attack your life some form or some fashion, but in the process of it, you got to trust God in spite of what you're going through. That your life is going to be a picturesque design for others to know that if God brought you through it, understand he's able to bring me through it. Uh, so somebody is waiting on you. Jesus tells these brothers uh, that you're going to be my witnesses. Yeah, I, I, I like that because he makes it personal. He says, you're going to be my witnesses. I'm bringing you from the world, and I'm bringing you from your thoughts and, and, and your plans. I'm bringing you into uh, a relationship with me where I'm going to use your life in order to impact the lives of others. Yeah, the second thing that we must do as followers of Jesus is to be a witness of how God's story changed your life. Yeah, we were at, uh, shameless plug, we were at Golden Corral on yesterday, the men's, the men's group. Man, I thought you would make some noise right there. <laughs> yeah, we, I had, we, we, we were at Golden Corral and we, we were eating good. Those that missed it, uh, there'll be another time, but uh, we were enjoying it. And it came across that Everybody has a story. Yeah, everybody has gone through something. What you've gone through may, be, may not be what I've gone through. What I've gone through may not be what you've gone through. But the truth of the matter is, is that we all have a story. Yeah, when was the last time you shared your story? When was the last time you let somebody know of the pain and anguish and disappointment that you've had in life, but yet God has brought you through? See, because you can't be afraid to tell your story. Yeah, you, you, you can't be afraid to let people know what has happened in your life in the past because God allowed you to go through it, and that's the praise part right there. Glory to God, I'm no longer there. I'm no longer in that problem. I'm no longer dealing with that. God has brought me through it, and therefore, I'm going to glorify him by telling others. Yeah, so not only do we have a story, but... You have a story about meeting God. Yeah, when was the last time you told your story about how you met God? When was the last time you told your story about what brought you to him? <laughs> yeah, because truth of the matter is, is that all of us have something, yeah, that brought us to Jesus. Whether it was dealing with a divorce, whether it was the doctor's report, whether it was the job layoff, whatever it is, understand there, there was something in your life that pushed you to a relationship with God. Yeah, something happened. Yeah, when was the last time you shared it with somebody? When was the last time you let somebody in on the pain that you've encountered in life yeah not only that but you have a story of what God has done and is doing and will do or will keep doing in your life and so you can't leave that all balled up balled up huh? you can't push it back in a corner 
You can't shove it in the closet. Uh, I mean, if God has delivered you from drugs, you ought to tell it. I mean, if God has, has, has rescued you from pain and anguish of a divorce, if God uh, has uh, stepped into your life and delivered you from some sexual sin, whatever it is, you ought to be willing to tell somebody about the goodness of God. Ah. Mm. Uh. Because Revelations 12 and 11 tells us, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Can I tell you that God wants to use your testimony? Uh, and you can't have a testimony without a test. Uh, God wants to use whatever you're going through right now. God wants to use that pain. He, he wants to use whatever disappointment, whatever failure that has happened in your past. God wants to use it in order to be a blessing to somebody else because somebody else is going to go through the same, the same thing. Yeah. I mean, Luke 22 and 32 says, but I prayed for thee. That thou faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thou brethren. Yeah, God wants to use you and your testimony to help strengthen somebody else. Uh, whether it's that uh, friend that you're uh, going to lunch with, and they tell you about what they're going through. Whether it's uh, that family member that calls you on the phone and cries uh, and talk about the pain and anguish that they're experiencing. Maybe it's that co-worker that lets you in to know what the doctor report has said. Somebody needs to know that we serve a God that is not dead but yet alive and willing to rescue them. And I know, I know, I know you might be saying, well, pastor, uh, there are holes in my life. <laughs> uh, and that's great because nets have holes. <laughs> I, I know somebody may be saying, you know, uh, you know, what I went through is kind of heavy and I don't think people can handle it. <laughs> well, that's good news because uh, there are weights on a net. <laughs> Yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. Uh, I, I mean, uh, that's exactly why a net is so effective in catching fish. Uh, because a net will sink down to the lowest point. Uh, and it will grab whatever is down there in order to be pulled up. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But I'm so glad this morning that God cast a net over my life. That when I was low, he picked me up. Uh, I don't know if there's somebody in here, glory to God, that can relate with me, uh, that you serve a God that had to reach way down to pick you up. Uh, he picked you up out of the problem. He picked you up out of the pain. He picked you up out of the situation that you didn't think was going to work out. God reached way down and had to pick you up. Uh, there's somebody in here, you ought to give God a praise. Glory to God that he allowed the net to be cast over your life life that it had to go deep down glory to God because some of us was in some trouble some of us was in some chaos some of us faced some jail time some of us got bad doctors reports some of us how uh, people talked about us and scandalized our name but I'm so glad that we serve a God uh, that didn't cast the pole but he cast the net uh, in order to pick me up glory to God anybody glad this morning that the God that you serve picked you up and turned you around and placed your feet on solid ground. He didn't have to do it, but he did it. Uh, mama couldn't do it. Daddy couldn't do it. Sister couldn't do it. Brother couldn't do it, but we serve a God that is able to cast a net over your life. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. doesn't matter who you are. I'm so glad that I, so glad that I got a God casting that he's able to cast a net over my life uh, and what I love about that is his net is big uh, that where you going through he can cast the net on you and he can cast the net on me uh, he can cast the net on the next person and the next person and the next person because that's the kind of God that we serve anybody glad about that this morning that he cast the net over your life 
Uh, he won't leave you like he found you. Uh, that's what I love about God. He won't leave you like he found you. He might have found you naked. He might have found you wounded. He might have found you bruised. He might have found you beat up. He might have found you disgusted. But I'm so glad that my condition didn't stop him. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm so glad that my condition didn't stop the God that I serve. That he was able to do what I needed him to do. Anybody glad about that this morning? Oh, we got to go. We got to go. Oh, but somebody ought to praise God. Somebody ought to glorify him. Oh, yeah. That he didn't leave you like he found you. Because you can still be there. You can still be in that troubling relationship. You can still be on that jacked up job. You can still be going through that physical ailment. You can still be dealing with poverty. But I'm so glad that I serve a God. Ah, that it doesn't matter the condition. He has a remedy. Woo, my God. That's the kind of God that I serve. He's a remedy God. Ah, yeah, that whatever you need, he's able to do it. And whatever I need he's able to do it too somebody ought to glorify him in this building ah uh, yeah 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 uh, see some people are down deep at the bottom and God is going to use the heavy things in your story Woo. the heavy things in your story to sink down in order to get them up Somebody need to know that you didn't come out of your mother's womb wearing wings and a halo. Somebody need to know that, yeah, I'm saved now, but I hadn't always been saved. I ain't always been in the church. I ain't always spoken tongue. Heavenly language, that is. Oh, no, no, somebody need to know, glory to God, that even though they are in their position, oh, that's why you can't judge folks, because we all were something. Y'all ain't gonna help me. We all were something but God. Oh, that's why you can't judge the next person. No, because they were just like you. Oh, they were down, or you were down just like them. And if it was not for the grace and mercy of God, you would still be in that situation but God. And the same God that brought you oh, is able to bring them. Oh, that's why we can't talk about people. Uh, uh, that's why we can't, uh, yeah. That's, that's why we can't turn our nose when certain people come into the house of God. They may not dress like you. They may not act like you. They might not look like you. Uh, but guess what? You were them 10 years ago. Uh, you were them five years ago. You were them last month. <laughs> oh, but God. Uh, and the same God that delivered you, the same God that came to your rescue, uh, is the same God that want to work through you in order to help them. The Bible says once you are strengthened, reach back uh, and strengthen somebody else. Reach back. Uh, don't reach up for everything that you can get from God. Now, I, I know you want a house. I know you want a car. I know you want a new job. But can I tell you the way to get those things quicker is by reaching back. Oh, yeah. The more you reach back, uh, the more God will unload on you. The more you reach back, the more God will elevate you. The more you reach back, the more that God will give you the desires of your heart. Because he knows that you're not trying to pimp him. Oh, yeah. You're not trying to pimp him for the house. You're not trying to pimp him for the car. You're not trying to pimp him for the husband. Pimp him for the wife. No. But you got him on your mind. You got what's dear to him and the souls are dear to him. Uh, yeah, that jacked up joker is dear to him. Uh, the drug addict is dear to him. The prostitute is dear to him. Oh, yeah, the drunk is dear to him. Oh, uh, yeah, the homemonger, yeah, that's right, is dear to him because truth of the matter is we were all some of them at some point of time in our life and I'm so glad that he didn't forsake me in my condition 
And God says, I don't want you to forsake them. Uh, uh, because I got a heart for them. I may not like their ways, uh, uh, but they were created in my image and likeness. They're mine. Yeah, you know how you do. You got a child that acts up. Uh, they break your heart, but they're still yours. <laughs> they call on you, you're still going to be there. Why? Because that's your child. That's your blood. And that's what God is saying about his people. Ooh. We just can't be a church so focused on worshiping in here and forgetting the main purpose out there. Oh, our souls ought to be on our mind. Our neighbor that's going through ought to be on our mind. Glory to God. That co-worker ought to be on our mind. Something should happen to us when we hear about their issues. Oh, I got to go. I got to go. Oh, oh, yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah, three years ago, we were so shut up. We were shut up. But now can I suggest that it's time to quit sitting on the dock tossing out lazy <laughs> lines uh, with holy hooks. That now it's time to get on the water and spread out God's story in you. Can I tell you that that's what's going to make a difference when people know the real you. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about Peter, James, John, Andrew, we can talk about Joe. We can talk about Moses. Uh, they don't know them. They see you every day. You are the Moses that they need to see. You are the Andrew that they need to see. Huh? You're the Simon Peter that they need to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what's going to make a difference in the world that we're living in today uh, because we're living in a world of darkness, a world of pain, a world of chaos. People don't know what to do. People killing themselves, drinking themselves to death. Uh, people going around shooting people for no reason. All because they can't handle life. That's what it is. They can't handle life. But God has put us in a position. He snatched us out, saved our life, turned us around, not just, not for things. Ooh. And, and, and we're guilty. We're guilty as a church a lot of times because many times that's all the church is preaching is prosperity. You can get this and you can get that. <laughs> But can I suggest that God is more concerned about people than things? And he wants his body, his bride, his church, the called out, the, the, uh, uh, the sanctified, <laughs> the delivered, that he wants us to have that same mentality. Ooh, we're going to talk about that. That's why I love the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Yeah, we're gonna, she's going to be one of our, our, our examples. Because once she got delivered, the Bible said she didn't look for a house, she didn't look for a car. Matter of fact, she didn't even go back to the house to the man that was in the house. The Bible said she went to the city and told the whole city. She had such a radical change in her life. Because she had met Jesus. That her purpose now was to bring somebody else into a closer relationship with him. Who have you brought to Jesus? Hmm. Who you been responsible for? For leading to a better relationship with him. Because I want to suggest to you in 2023 that God is trying to get us to be fruit bearers. That not spend the next 10 years worshiping him and not be responsible for bringing one soul to him. 
to drive in our nice cars and live in our nice houses, eat our good meals, have our good jobs, and those to whom we can impact go to hell. God is challenging us in this season because it is fruitful. You hear me? It's fruitful. People are looking for a way out. People are looking for something different. They're looking for hope and they're looking for help. They done tried the drugs. They done tried the man or woman. They, they done tried alcohol. They done tried all these things to no avail. And we need to be able to tell them what will truly deliver them and bring them into the ultimate full relationship that God desires for them. Ooh. Are you excited that somebody introduced you to Jesus? And with that same excitement, we're called not to ghost people, but to love them in such a way that we bring them into a greater understanding of the God that we serve, <laughs> that they can enjoy a fuller life. A fuller purpose. Behold, I wish above all things that thou prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. There's an elevation that God is trying to get not only you two, but those to whom you are in contact with. Whether it's your children, whether it's your family member, whether it's your neighbor, whether it's that co-worker that sits across the, the, uh, the cubicle <laughs> that you see crying. You see the tear. You see the pain? Yeah. Are, are, are we going to pass it by? Well, God didn't pass us by. Anybody glad about that? Uh, so he's calling us. He's commissioning us. Matter of fact, this is what he said in Matthew 28 and 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Look what he says. He says, therefore, go and make disciples. God has given us everything that we need. You ain't got to be a pastor to go and make a disciple. You ain't got to be deep in the word to go and make disciples. He's saying all you got to do is share your story. All you got to do is let somebody in <laughs> and, 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 and know about the pain that you experienced because that's what's going to be real to them. People need realness. They need realness. And that's what God has called us to do. So God has not only given us power to live right. He's given us power to make disciples. And thirdly, and I'm, I'm done. He's called us that, that we must be witnesses whenever the opportunity began to bite. Yeah, all of us are going to have opportunities. There's going to be somebody you meet that's going to just open up to you for no reason. My wife, we, we were in the hotel and she came back up. She said, I was down in line. She says, and lady that I didn't even know told me about her situation. And then the lady, she said, the lady said, can I have a hug? She saw something on her that she, that she was willing to share her situation and she wanted comfort. There are going to be just opportunities for us to share our story. You ain't got to come up with nothing. You ain't got to tell what John and Sue and all what happened to them. Just tell what happened to you. Don't be ashamed of it. You're not there anymore. It's a testimony. And that's where sometimes we don't want to let people in know what we've gone through. Maybe, uh, you know, they're going to look at us some way. We got to get past that. Let them in so that they can hear the truth, so that they can feel that 
People need to feel that. They need to feel that pain, feel your experience to know that if God did it for you, he's able to do it for them. Anybody glad about that this morning? So you know people in your life who are like you that are hungry for hope. You know their life. You hear their conversations. You witness their pain. What are you going to do about it? You know people in your life who are unlike you, who are starving for peace. Starving for peace. Well, if we got peace, why not share the same peace that we have with them? So you will have an opportunity every day to share. And we can't be afraid. And this is what happened to Andrew. The Bible says that in John 1 and 40 and through 42, it says, Andrew, Simon, Peter, brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was find his brother Simon and tell him. He says, we found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And the Bible said he brought him to Jesus. He had so much love and so much, he cared so much for his brother that he wanted to share with him what God had done in his life, what he'd heard. And that ought to be our desire as believers is to want somebody to hear what we've heard, somebody to experience what we have experienced. And I know we think it's hard, but God has given us everything that we need. Can I get a witness? Everything. Everything, and I'm done. Everything that we need. So God is trying to challenge us in this season of our life to not only go for everything that we can have but to help somebody else along the way it's a sad thing to feel ghosted and it's even worse to ghost somebody else so God is trying to move that out of our equation so that we can share his goodness